From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, May 12, 2017, and it's a relevant podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by, I'm very excited about this, HelloFresh. HelloFresh? Uh, HelloFresh hey. is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking fun, easy, and convenient. Each week, HelloFresh creates new, delicious recipes with step by step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients, measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste, and it's all delivered to your doorstep in a special insulated box for free. I am addicted to HelloFresh right now. And to the point that people are asking me if HelloFresh has sponsored my Instagram stories because I keep posting, like, look, I'm making real food, people. And I, um, I, know, it's, I know it's normal for other families and stuff. But this is a new experience for me, actually creating stuff that's delicious. With HelloFresh, do you ever get a sense that you just kind of want to freestyle a bit? Because I know no, they include... No, I don't, because I'm not, I'm like, not let's comfortable. Just, let's just do another little bit of garlic. Or, no, you know I can't do it. Like, I, I trust the chef. And I'm going, okay, this is how they intended it. And this is, I will follow their plan, like my spiritual life. Uh, right now, HelloFresh is doing a special offer for Relevant Podcast listeners. You can go over to HelloFresh.com and use offer code RELEVANT30 to get 30 bucks off your first week of deliveries. Just use RELEVANT30 at HelloFresh.com. The, the cool thing is, Co and I were hanging out last weekend, and we were talking about HelloFresh, and I pulled the app out, and we can go like six weeks out now, and you can like customize your box. Yeah. And so, Cohen got to speak into the meals that are coming. And he's actually really excited. This week, we're going to make pizza. And dinosaur macaroni oh, and cheese. Nice. One of the nights. So fun. Yeah. Uh, we made uh, beef tacos the other night for Cinco de Mayo. So that was fun. Happy Cinco de Mayo, by the way. Thank you. Big day for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For all you Americans. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. And here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Koffeltz. Hello, Fresh. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And from, I guess, calling us from Portland, Oregon today, Propaganda is sitting in as our guest host this west, week. West, West. West, West. Well, now, why are you up in uh, Portland? You're, you're normally an L.A. guy. I am normally an L.A. guy, uh, but we have uh, a number of things we're taking care of that um, you and the public will know very, 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 very Is this very a soon. mafia thing? Is yeah. this, is this uh, Cool. It sounds like you're involved in something right now, Prop. Do you need our help? <laughs> Just uh, do I the, need help? Give you the said, code word if you need help. No one will know what it is, but yeah. give it. Yeah, the code word is... Put me on the cover of Relevant. Oh, That's yeah. There you go. <laughs> Buddy. Yeah, I've been trying to get that code word. I can't. Um, listen, yeah, I know. Prop, I want to say something to you. Our friend Joy uh, never took me up on this, and I always told her this. In Portland, there is a place called Frank's Noodle House. Okay? They oh, make gosh. No, uh-huh. no, 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 Prop. Don't. Oh, gosh, because I feel like you're already poo-pooing me. They make the best noodles, and they make it from scratch right there. It's really important to me that you go. <laughs> Can you make that commitment? I can make that commitment, but I I need you to know this this caveat with this is that my label is based in Portland, and these guys are Portlandologists, so I, I have to make sure that yeah. that statement um, reigns true with my humble beast, fellas. I 
I mm. hear that and I respect Humble Beast deeply. I think, though, that they need to acquiesce to me on this point that you need to go to Frank's Noodle House. <laughs> and I am actually sponsored by Frank's. Are you? Uh, I am. It's Body by Frank's Noodle House. <laughs> yeah, Frank's Noodle House. <laughs> you actually, that actually, that actually weakens your argument. <laughs> yes, I am. They're paying me. They're paying me every time I mention them on the show. So, anyhow, Frank's Noodle House. Actually, I think as a friend of yours and wanting to fatten your pockets, mm-hmm. I will go. Thank you, prop, and make sure to tag me in uh, in that oh, Instagram. Man. I would oh, pay Lord. money for a Body by Frank's Noodle House shirt. <laughs> it, is, it really is. It is an incredible. Man, place. It is. <laughs> Check the new relevant store. Maybe it'll be. Added. There it is. Gosh, <laughs> there's only one made in an XL. I will buy it. <laughs> um, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up uh, later, Kim Walker Smith joins us in studio for an, a performance of two songs from her new album. Is it Walker Dash Smith? I always yeah. forget. Mm-hmm. She was Kim Walker, and then she married. Skylar Smith. So mm. she's Kim Walker Smith. Mm. Uh, also coming up on the show today, David Platt joins us. Oh. He has a new book out called Counter Culture. So there you that go. That guy's awesome. Seems right. David Platt and Kim Walker Smith. That's a stacked show. That is a stack. That's two headliners for one show. Kim Walker Smith's husband, Skylar Smith, is the brand director of Jesus Culture up there mm. in uh, uh, Sacramento. And he will be joining us along with a couple other guys uh, joining Jesse Prop and I in Montana in two weeks. Oh, yeah, you know, cool. my, my annual Montana trip, uh, yeah. this, this year I got to invite my friends to go and, uh, props going. I invited you, Eddie. Yep. You said no. Can't make it. And, uh, and, uh, Jesse is got going. A, you got their new noodle place opened up in town. Yeah. I can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> but, but <laughs> noodle plans. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it was a sad, I forget what it is that's happening, but it was one of those things where it's like, oh gosh, I'm going to look at the calendar, but I already know that that date's familiar. And it was like, I think I'm like traveling for IJM yeah, or something. Really. I, I am very excited, but also very nervous about the Montana trip because I'm not, you know, as people listen to this, you know, I'm not a, the typical outdoorsman, you know, and I feel like there's gonna be a lot of activities where a lot of these guys go and are, you know, you and prop. And I looked at the, the list Skyler. I don't know Skyler, but I'm, I'm assuming he's like everyone else on that list, a real man's man. <laughs> and that's where, you know, no, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be trying to go bear grills out there. You know, I've been, I've been boning up on the carcasses. I can sleep in <laughs> the, uh, different types of animal parts that are edible and which berries, uh, will kill me and the rest of the campers. Prop, feel pretty equipped. I'm a little nervous. Prop, when you think of what you're going to wear on this trip, are you just, Bring in what you got, or are you heading over to like Bass Pro and getting a pair of cargo shorts and one of those uh, it, fishing shirts? See, the problem the problem with me is like it would all be starting from scratch. So this would end up making me spend like thousands of dollars because I literally have nothing for outdoors. Yeah, that's why yeah. we don't go camping as a family. Because I'm like, my wife was like, "Yeah, let's go camping," but I'm like, you don't understand. There's nothing in the garage that we could use for that. So we would we'd all borrow it, or I'd have to go there and spend thousands and thousands of dollars. In which case, I'm like, let's just go to Maui if I'm going to yeah. spend yeah. thousands of dollars. Thank you, that's a- thank you. And you know what else Maui has that camping doesn't? Well, that's why I'm excited. Because to my knowledge, we're, we're staying in cabins. But another reason I don't go camping, and I, I generally stay out of the outdoors unless I know I'm with people that know what they're doing. Camping, let's be real here, is terrifying. <laughs> no one has ever had a good night's sleep camping. Everyone wakes up literally. Like, if you've ever gone camping, you're lying if you tell me you don't wake up like 15 times Jesse, a night. Jesse, I feel you. Me and you, gonna be, we're going to be snow bunnies up there, just snuggled up. Because terrifying. I feel like, like. I've already brought. Here's the thing. I, think, I don't think the guys have anything 
worry about. If anyone, if anything bad's going to happen to anyone, it's going to be because I accidentally shoot them with a brand new crossbow I bought. Say, wow. <laughs> I feel like this. Thousands and thousands of years ago, depending on how young your your Earth is, right? Uh, but at some point in our ancient history, we decided it's not smart to live outside. That's true, right? That's true. So why would I digress as a species right. and go back to living outside? You know what? That don't make no sense to me. You know, prop. That's an actual like. I love camping, but I get your point because part of me is like every time people are like, "Hey, let's go horseback riding." I'm like, "Have we not seen a car?" I mean, the horses are the worst, and they're so scary. Like, I, I think you've got a really fair point. That being said, I still really look forward to seeing pictures of you out there kind well, of tra- not only, traipsing around and yeah. whatever cool thing you wear and doing your very best. Not only not only <laughs> yes. are we going to post cool pictures, I was realizing we're, we're gone the entire week, Monday through Friday. Three out of the four of us are going to be in the same location. So I'm going to bring the little portable recording gear and we're going to record a special Montana episode of the mm-hmm. podcast in a couple weeks. And we're just going to record it out there and then i'll oh. drive into town and and hopefully find some wi-fi somewhere oh, yeah. and uh and upload it what could go wrong i know yeah, right yeah. Try, drive into town find some wi-fi upload it and also get me some help for the crossbow injury <laughs> <laughs> listen listen i'd love it if i could get if you got a t1 line coming into the emergency room here also the guy shot himself directly through the foot some internet cafe you're trying to upload like a nine gig file to dropbox mm-hmm. and they're like uh um, you know what? How about not? Yeah, you know you're in the middle of the Crow Indian Reservation. There's yeah. not really uh, could have just recorded fiber two the here. week before, but okay, whatever you need to do. Yeah, no, we're gonna do it. We're gonna try. We're gonna fly close to the sun. We're gonna see what happens. Like we're gonna record it on a Tuesday, and I'll drive into town on a Wednesday and hopefully upload it. Who knows? Yeah, get Michael Good Smith luck. on that show. Yeah, get what? Michael W. Smith or whatever his name is on that show. That guy you're going Skyler with. Smith? Kim Walker Smith's husband? <laughs> Michael, Michael W. Smith. <laughs> Luke Skywalker? Whatever. I, you know what? I'm, I'm also excited because uh, Cameron Prop, I'm testing a little concoction I got where I can do flaming arrows. So it <laughs> should be pretty cool. Hey, I, look on my Instagram. I posted a picture uh, last from, my, from last trip, or a, a video, a slow-mo video of us skeet shooting. And I, of course, then put the soundtrack skeet, 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 uh, Lil John uh, to I it. I think that's what the song's about. That's what about. it's about. Clearly yeah, what it's I'm about. Sure. And uh, but Whoa. you'll see the, you'll see the setting. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> see the setting, Jesse. <laughs> the the lodge that we're staying at has like a cliff, and we just shoot stuff off the cliff. So if you brought flaming arrows, you'd be fine. How's okay, that sit with you good. guys? Are you looking forward to that, Jesse? You good with shooting stuff off the cliff? Oh, dude. I mean, I I, I feel like at this point, there's no point in me preparing. I'm just going to go out there and wing it. What's the worst that could happen if you arm me with with weapons and fire and all kinds of fun, you know? I'm prepared to be pretty much just like made fun of mercilessly because, yeah, like I went skeet shooting once. Have I hit anything ever in my life? No, right? Uh, actually, I've been skeet shooting a number of times. I have never hit that clay thing <laughs> ever in my life. You know when they set up the bottles down the road and you're supposed to shoot the bottle with the with the, with the the six shooter? Yeah. Have I ever hit it? Nah, <laughs> right? Uh, I ain't never hit none of those things. I, I am probably going to, <laughs> I'm probably going to bring healthy snacks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there's all kind of things. I'm going to be overly bundled up because I get cold very easy because I'm super thin. You're really thin. Yeah. 
Yes. All definitions of sort of Western frontier manhoodness. They just, I am completely not those things. Pop, I find it interesting that you're you're bringing healthy snacks because I'm declaring right now I will be living off the land and will only eat things that died by my bare hands. And so, night one, there's going to give me a lot of pressure on me to find an elk to fight to the death. Yeah. I will be depleted of strength by day two, so it's all the pressures on night one. <laughs> so I mean, this is this is the the whole fish out of water thing that's going on here yeah. is what I love about it. Because when I first went three four years ago, I'd never shot a gun in my life. I'd yeah. never fly fished in my life. Like, and the guy just said, "Do you want to come?" And I thought to myself when I got this email, "Well, Bob Goff says say yes to stuff." Okay, so I said yes. Yeah. Didn't know what I was getting myself into, and it's it's amazing. I like land and massive sky yeah. and seeing stars. I mean, it's unbelievable. So yeah, I got the email. I got the email, and I was like, "This is literally the whitest email I've ever it, it received really is. in my life." <laughs> it really is. This is phenomenally white. I'm very excited about how white the email was. Yeah, it was too white for me. I'm super excited though. I'm not gonna lie. I am actually excited, and and for that exact reason, I'm like, you know what? Why not? Please just always remember, prop, and I feel like you have this, but keep this little word in your back pocket that no matter how fish out of water or uncool you feel there, you're still able to do spoken word. And rap, which makes you infinitely cooler than any of us will ever be. Yeah, that's absolutely. So just true. remember that you're still the coolest person gonna, we know. But so okay, so so for that. listeners, think about this. So this will be two weeks from now. The episode two weeks from now will be the special Montana edition. Now th- we will be arriving midday on Monday. Jesse mm-hmm. may be coming in later Monday evening. He's. I think you're trying to move your flight up. Yeah, I'm, trying, but, I'm working on getting it. Early. So 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 we will be there for about. We will record on Tuesday. So yeah. we will be there for less than a day at the point of whatever you hear in two weeks. So if Jesse has, you know, gone rogue <laughs> right. by, by the point we've recorded the podcast, you know. Well, on Friday, when the show finally comes out on Friday, it yeah. may start with like just me doing an intro of the show. Hey, guys. Um, hey, listen, on, like, on a serious note, uh, there's a missing persons report. Jesse, uh, um, Jesse goes, he goes total Lord of the Flies on us. I wish we had like classical music right now. because I would don't just... want to say he, we, we're presuming the worst, but it's been four days. And uh, yeah, the, his, his chances are good. But anyway, we got a good campfire story coming out from Prop and <laughs> Oh, man. It's going to be fun. Uh, I, Making memories, man. Yeah, yeah, like, man. I can't wait. A special <laughs> Friday in memoriam, where I, we remember three great guys that were on the podcast. Well, that's all. why we're leaving. That's why we're leaving you behind because we can't all be there. Because what if we all died? You yeah. would keep the le- the podcast going if can we you, if we all died. Can you imagine how Jesse's mad elk? Can you imagine how terrible that new show would be? <laughs> Je- Jesse's mad elk that he didn't quite finish off, and it just sought revenge on us the rest right. of the week. Yeah. <laughs> A half-eaten, so awesome. very angry elf. <laughs> and Prop is just yelling like, I told you I shouldn't have come on this trip. I told you. Thinking about my children. Right, <laughs> Lord. This yeah, I, is- I'm literally eating the elk as it comes back to life to, to murder me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a terrible way for both of us There's to There's nothing elk. worse than zombie elk. This is uh, worst zombie, zombie elk. scenario zombie for both of you elks. and I. Yeah. Hey, Chandler, will you mark that for the In Memoriam episode that I have to do? <laughs> here's, a, here's a joke from two weeks ago that Jesse told. Uh, 
about the elk that ultimately <laughs> ended up killing him. Oh, 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 man. oh, I just can't wait to see. I can't, you know, the other thing that's fascinating to me is like Jesse's facial hair situation. Like if he shaves in the morning by dinner, he's yeah. got a full beard. What's going to happen over the course of five days? I've never seen anything like this. So, no, but you got to come in. I already got a pretty mean one growing and, I, and obviously I'm going to keep it for Montana because here's the thing. It's, it's, it's going to take, it's not going to take very long for the ruse to come down that obviously I, that I'm the weak link here that I could be the one that brings the entire trip down and has like a helicopter come and rescue us for some reason. So at least I feel like if I have a beard, they presume I'm some sort of like, you know, lumberjack or something. But yeah. I got to keep the ruse as long as possible or else they'll eject me from the camp immediately. When Jesse said that, he didn't know how prophetic it would be that indeed they would find him (laughs) in the woods, full beard. Wearing the skin of an elf. (laughs) That was not dead and later murdered him. A skinless, very angry elk that later murdered him. If any of you see or hear from propaganda, he was last seen running west. Have you got okay, west? Yeah, okay, if my mind is... Run into yeah, the coast. Rob just runs, he runs over all the way home from Montana. Cameron has a great time. I am Leonardo DiCaprio from The Revenant by yeah, Thursday. The Revenant. Oh, oh that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. I am literally outcast into the woods. And yeah, I, you I fight yourself. multiple bears. Right. Yeah. He's totally upgraded himself. Losing every. I lose three bear fights during the week. I know that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I had you at Lord of the Flies, bro. Lord of the Flies. Yeah. He upgraded to the Revenant. Uh, I, I, real quick. I'm sorry, Cameron. I know we got to get into this, but I've said this before, and I'm going to say, put it on the record, too. If, uh, if something happens to me yeah. out there, mm-hmm. I give you and Prop the permission to uh, conduct a Viking funeral where you float me out on a lake or something, shoot flaming arrows, first one to get me gets all my stuff. I'll give it to you right now. You just pit me and Cameron against us, each, yeah. other, each other? Oh, and man. I can't do that. Contest. I'm floating out there. One it's, of an us. Honorable th- it's the honorable thing, it, legally. And a flaming do. arrow contest. Okay. Viking yeah, exactly. funerals. All right. Well, winner gets all of my possessions, which at this point I've sold for the crossbow. So you, one of you guys are walking with a sweet crossbow. All right. Well, moving the show along, it's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. In case you missed it, uh, this week, Brad Pitt... He's a up and coming actor. I don't know if you've heard of him. Oh, Brad Pitt. Uh, he opened up about his charismatic Christian upbringing. Oh yeah. Uh, he appears on the cover of the newest issue of GQ and gave a surprisingly candid interview about family, faith, and sobriety. Not that surprising. <laughs> Along with uh, discussing his high profile divorce. Um, he was married. Who was he married to? Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are we going to blame all this on? Okay. He yelled at a kid on a plane. Yeah. And, oh, and, Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, yeah, Christian <laughs> uh, so, so, so talking about his relationship with the kids and everything, he opened up about his Christian upbringing. He described growing up, uh, quote, first Baptist, which is the cleaner, stricter by the book Christianity. And then he says when he was in high school, uh, quote, his folks jumped to a more charismatic movement, which got into speaking in tongues and raising your hands and some goofy bleep bleep. He, he, I'm not going to say what he said. Uh, obviously from the tone of the answer, it's clear he didn't embrace church. But when he asked, 
and when asked about speaking in tongues and his own family, he said, uh, I know they believe it. I know they're releasing something. God, we're complicated. We're complicated creatures. That's what he said. Um, Pitt said that he uh, was told that, quote, rock shows are the devil, uh, but said that going to concerts almost helped him relate to the church experience. He said, I realized that the reverie and the joy and exuberance, even the aggression I was feeling at the rock show was the same thing at the revival. One is Jimmy Swaggart and one is Jerry Lee Lewis. You know, Uh, they were cousins, by the way. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Jimmy Swaggart and Jerry Lee Lewis are cousins. Oh. Yeah, uh, that's a deep cut. Uh, bad pit knowledge there. Good, yeah. <laughs> good for him. Uh, Pitt also said that recently he's stopped drinking. He said I had to step away for a minute, and truthfully, I could uh, drink a Russian under the table with his own vodka. I was a professional. I was good. Don't want to believe or don't want to live that way anymore. So there you Isn't go. Isn't it interesting how many how many people in in pop culture that you you otherwise would have no idea that grew up probably in similar situations as a lot of us and our listeners like yeah. had basically the same upbringing. Yeah, uh, Chris Martin, lead singer of Coldplay, his his parents are leaders in the Vineyard worship movement in, oh. in the UK. Katy Perry? Katie, yeah. yeah, Katy Perry. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. You know, we talked about Oscar Isaacs on the cornerstone. I mean, it's it's surprisingly prevalent how many people had uh, like a charismatic or evangelical upbringing. Yeah. Uh, in case yeah. you missed it, uh, this week it came out that Stranger Things is taking an even darker turn in season two. Uh, the new season of the Netflix hit show uh, is going to have a slightly different tone than the than the more nostalgic kind of mystery whodunit thing of season one. Finn Wolfhand, who plays Mike on the show, explained to Emmy Magazine that the direction of the series would become, quote, a lot more horror-oriented, not horror-oriented, (laughs) horror-oriented. That would be an interesting direction. Again. And that the the new episodes would be a lot darker. Uh, Gatton Matarazzo, who played Dustin, explained that the characters are all now very emotionally scarred. That was just said, adding, uh, they feel alone because their best friend is back and he's not acting like their best friend anymore. He's changed. Uh, and fittingly, the new season will drop on Halloween night. I, my thing is, like, if you got a winning formula, why do you want to change it? Why is every, why yeah, is the I'm nervous for about this. I think darker? what we liked about the show was its nostalgia. Yep. Yeah. I, I will also say, and this is just kind of a meta comment about what's happening. I like that Prop is still new enough on the show that when you say something like you just said, he's like, whoa. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what the over under is until he's done making those comments and just is like, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. yeah, these guys are animals. Yeah, this is just the kind of stuff they <laughs> say. Apparently. No, I was a rural juror situation. No, I wanted I to make sure I was enunciating for the listeners yeah. that the yeah. show will have a more oh. of a horror theme, no, not a horror theme. No, I understand. You've always had a little bit of a, it's that little phrase, we've had to make that clear a few times a few times and i appreciate it's it it's like the word the brewery i have a hard time with the r sometimes <laughs> there's no shame in that i didn't want the listeners thinking that the netflix series nostalgic series didn't take a dark turn and like more like cinemax it's not going that direction <laughs> right. it's going right you're just informing that's all i'm trying to do right, you're yeah. just delivering the news <laughs> just being clear i have another i have another thing i'm i on one hand i think man I'm, this might be a mistake but on the <laughs> other hand i've always felt like there's the missing element in any of these, like whether it's like superhero flicks or like world apocalypse flicks or even like Taken is like the psychological damage that must happen if like the sky opens up and like aliens just like wreck downtown and then it happens again a year later. Like how are these people... (laughs) 
just like okay you know like yeah. i'm thinking especially like the taken series i'm like this kid got abducted right and then goes back on vacation and now her and her mama got abducted <laughs> Right. Why it's like are y'all not learned. cuckoo? Like, right. why yeah. are you guys not going through years and years and years of therapy right. to like? Well, I want to see the. I want to see a, a Marvel hero movie where it starts off with like an insurance adjuster, like sitting down with the guy who's like. Uh, office building got ransacked because Superman flew through the window. You know what I'm saying? And yep. he's just like, I, I, I can't stand by glass anymore. I can't stand by every time I see glass, I freak out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> A different take on the Superman franchise. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're communicating with me why I'm so cur- concerned about our Montana trip. Because what's going to happen is I'm going to get immediately lost. And I w- I, it's going to be on the way from the van to the cabin, which is just the length of a driveway. And somehow become lost anyway. And I'm gonna hear I'm gonna hear people off in the distance having fun and laughing and shooting skeet while I am full revenant mode out there just trying to survive another night. And and, and that's where I'm gonna live with that for the rest of my life. All my friends are having fun and I'm out here and I'm, you know, I'm sleeping in pine straw and I ate a turtle and I don't feel great about it. You're five feet away from us and we're like What Jesse, what are you doing, man? Like there's there's a barbecue right here, bro. Like we're yeah, how did he get lost? It, yeah, it's it's he was literally walking down a paved sidewalk. Yeah, <laughs> leave the elk like alone. He's on the grill right now. What are you doing? What what Jesse couldn't have known is that people weren't having fun. They were calling for him to come back. <laughs> <laughs> they were hoping that he would heed their warnings. Oh man, Jesse, I'll miss you, buddy. Completely confused as to why he's hunting an animal. Right. We we're all standing there holding burgers. Right. Like, what are you? Right. What are you doing, man? <laughs> They're like Bubba Burgers. They're like fr- unwrapped frozen ones. They're not even like freshly killed. Right. It's like, hey, you know, we got plenty of these. Man. We got a freezer full. Yeah. And everybody- <laughs> in case you missed it, uh, now God has made an appearance on Colbert. So last week, uh, Jesus, quote unquote, came on uh, the Colbert show yeah. to uh, feature a TED talk. Uh, now, yeah. God, the father, was on the show this week to discuss the controversial new executive order regarding regarding religious liberty. So it's, it's drawing criticism for laxing the enforcement of the Johnson Love amendment, it. which prohibits churches from making political endorsements. Here's what quote unquote God had to say on uh, Stephen Colbert. Now, a lot of people are upset because they're afraid religion is going to have too much influence on politics, but I go to church and here's the thing. I'm afraid it's going to get politics all over my religion. We don't want our churches to end up like Congress with all the Democrats sitting on one side of the pews and all the Republicans sitting on the other. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe God wants it this way. No way, Stephen, no way. What, God, is that you? Hey, it's God, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Hi there. Hi, everybody. God is in the hizzy. Actually, I'm everywhere. I'm omnipresent. What are you going to do? So... So, God, you don't think churches should be more political? Of course not. Politics just confuses me, Stephen. I mean, I was sure it was going to be Jeb. Jeb! So, (laughs) that guy's a fountain. Come on, that guy's a fountain of charisma. I understand. I understand. So, you don't take an active role in elections? No, I'm I'm too busy deciding important things like football. Uh, You gotta love that Tom Brady. They say man was made in God's image, but have you seen his cheekbones? I should be so lucky. I just don't like, I just don't like kale. That's weird. 
<laughs> so, so then how do you feel about Trump's executive order? Well, I'm not a big fan of executive orders. They don't work. I tried 10 of them once, and everybody's still coveting their neighbor's wife and taking my name in vain. <laughs> there you go. Stephen Colbert got into a little bit of trouble last week, didn't he? What did he do? Yeah, he made oh, a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that uh, pretty intense joke about Donald Trump. And now he's getting investigated by, investigated. by Trump's yeah. FCC. Yeah, I'm not making any commentary on if the Here joke was wrong or not, but it was uh, pretty pretty mm. crazy. It's well. like it's getting real for him. Yep. Yeah. Well, in case you missed it, Facebook is getting into the TV game with its own shows. The social platform will launch its own streaming programming to go head-to-head with Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu. According to a report from Business Insider, who spoke with sources... Uh, with knowledge of the project, Facebook sees high-quality scripted video as an important feature to retain users. They've reportedly greenlit more than 20 new shows, uh, some traditional big-budget TV shows and some consisting of short-form viral content. There will even reportedly be a reality dating show featuring people going on virtual reality dates. Uh, I signed up for that. No, it didn't. How'd I it didn't. go? Did you uh, win? I didn't win, but I have a nice new Oculus as a yeah, consolation cool. prize. A little parting gift. Yeah. yeah, the new shows could begin rolling out as soon as next month. We'll never know. I mean, it's only a matter of time, right? Before one of the big networks caves or something. Like, we're heading into that, like, in our lifetime. ABC is going to be like, all right. We're, yeah. Well, we're, the we're first good. one to go is going to be the CW. I mean, clearly. Oh, I didn't even know that was still open. I don't I, I think they got, like, a show or two. I think they're kicking around. Oh, yeah. But but the thing, but Box. the other thing too is like, why? Do, I mean, I get like the business impulse of okay, on demand, on demand programming is like the the it's the future is here. Like that's what everyone wants. But is anyone asking for this from Facebook? I mean, they have all the money in the world to spend, and they'll probably put out something decent. But look, I, I already have too many things to watch. I don't think the future is just more and more programming. Someone's going to figure out a better means of curation. Before right. it's just like I don't I don't need Facebook producing reality shows and evidently according to the report they're going to pull in some they didn't name names but there's going to be some quote unquote like a listers involved but I just feel like I already there's already too many shows to watch why why Facebook is is not where I'm turning to watch new breaking shows yeah I don't go to Facebook for TV right. I wonder though if it will be free content. I would assume so. Then I wonder yeah. if it'll be like what the regulation will be like. Will there be cursing on it? Will it be like, sure. right, it's hard yeah, to we'll know. See. Uh, and lastly, in case you missed it, this week, Chris Stapleton played The Tonight Show and showed why he's the world's coolest country artist. Uh, I wouldn't even know if I call him country anymore. Yeah, His same. new album is like Otis Redding like Southern Rock. meets, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, last week marked the release of the highly anticipated new album uh, from Chris Stapleton. It's called From a Room, Volume 1. And to mark the release, he played his single, I Was Wrong, on Fallon. And it was incredible. Here's a clip. Well, you know that I still love you. I mean, this is almost and you know that I'm so Not country music. I'm sorry. Yeah. That is incredible, is what it is. So. Okay, oh, I've been. Obs- he, 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 yeah, he's amazing. I'm obsessing over this guy. What was interesting about that yeah. performance is that uh, two things. One is that it's just an old three piece. Him, bass player, drummer. Yeah. But then there was a, another woman up there. Yeah, his wife. But she never sang a word. Well, she usually does. She just she's shaked, part of the band. She it's, shook yeah. the shaker. It's him and his wife. Well, yeah, that's right. 
But I'm, but what I'm saying is, is that if you are doing a single song, I know what you're saying, and the piano player, she's out there for the whole set, and she's not in that one song. She'll shake the shaker and hang out till the next song. But you're saying they walked up there for one song, and it's not a song you're in. Right? Like I'm sure on tour they have a piano player, but they didn't need a piano on this song, so no, thank you. But she's part of the brand. They are, and that's his wife, bro. Yeah, this is wife. You got to tell her no. Hey, baby, sit this one out. Are you serious? That's a great point. (laughs) At least least give her like a saxophone to kind of walk around with. Is there a sax solo coming up? Oh, <laughs> the time, but I mean, obviously, there's a saxophone part, right? I mean, she got a saxophone. Just, uh, you know, it, just give her a prop. Prop to your point. I think, though, like it was probably already a tense moment because she's like, "Oh, what song? What song are we doing? On, oh no! What song are we doing on Fallon?" And he's like, "Oh, that um, you know, whatever it's called." And she's like, "The song uh, about you. It's the song yeah. about you. I she's still like, love I don't, you, babe. I don't sing it, on that well, one." It's called the song was called "I Was Wrong." So. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's, she's like, I like the idea that they didn't rehearse. They just walk out there, and there's like a set list tape to the ground like they do a concert just with one song written on it and she yeah. looks down at the last second she's like I, what do I sit here just sway like an idiot thanks a lot for not telling me you need to give me a saxophone to wear gosh what am I going right. to do now right. or he doesn't tell her he's like she's like I sing on 11 of the 12 songs on this album I sing on the song that's a Willie Nelson cover yeah. I sing everywhere yeah. and this is the song and he's you know like I he's like girl I, Jimmy I, I would have done it had I been in her shoes and I found out last minute I walk out on stage and like I I don't have a part in this song. Well, I would have walked over to the roots area. Oh yeah, and just grabbed something cool. Trombone. Off of Quest loves drum set, like those little bells that you run the <laughs> like the chimes, and then just had a real break in the song. I just go. I don't know, Chris. But yeah. I do know performance and I do know awkward moments when people have to sit out songs and the the universal answer for every artist at that moment is blame the label. Oh yeah, easy. Yeah. You stole the label under the bus. Hey, I'm sorry, babe, girl. That's, ch- it's just a they single. They chose the song. They wanted to put it out. That's, that's and- why. That's why, guys. I always in the back of my car. I carry a rain stick with me. You guys have a rain stick. You like turn them over. It sounds like it's raining for for like ten seconds. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, we yeah. know a rain okay, stick, Jesse. Okay. Here's why. Because I like that literally, if I was pulled on stage at any point, and I had the rain stick with me. I could do that at just any break in the song, and no one knows it was. You take it into Montana. Like an idiot. And look like the guy anticipating his. Big rain stick moment. Yeah, Jesse, you actually need to bring a rain stick to Montana. You can act like it's yeah. kind of like a, a hiking kind of stick, but you know, it, it'd be good for the the fire, the the campfires. Dana's like, how many carry-ons are you bringing? Because you know they're not free anymore. It's like, well, I got my I got my bag, I got the big crossbow case, can't carry that on legally. <laughs> and then uh, you know, I got this extra wide road case for the rain stick. I do not want to get another one of those broken on the floor. <laughs> so four four carry-ons. Just <laughs> please, please don't embarrass us when I, we meet the native tribe. I got four carry-ons. Two of them are rain sticks. Or you're just walking into the lodge and someone's like, oh, Mister Carry, I'll take your bag, and he picks it up, and all of a sudden it's just. <laughs> <laughs> like what on earth he's like yeah it's it's only rain sticks yeah, yeah l- listen my bags are over there uh it's the big duffel and those three are all three rain sticks so if you could bring back to the room that'd be <laughs> <laughs> I'm around all oh day. man all right well that'll do it for in case you missed it stay tuned up next slices said it doesn't matter where i go i am calling all the poets in the battle i am shout it to the world let them know that we gon' to step into the fight when you can't see the light so close your eyes we're gonna run this blinds we live our lives yeah we're not wasting time baby we lost our minds we're gonna get gonna get get all 
You're listening to Foster the People. Oh, the song is doing it for the money. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Jesse's favorite band, Weezer. Oh, he loves their him. song. Feels like <laughs> summer because it feels it's like summer. Because I was out on the boat this weekend and it was a beautiful, warm day, and it felt like summer. And Weezer sings about that. So there you go. Perfect. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, I got to admit that I'm not one big on like the art scene, like the high art scene. I know, uh, uh, Cameron, you know, know. uh, it's Basil, right, in Miami? Yeah, or Basil every every December. Yeah, so I would go and I would have no idea what I'm I'm looking at. And I actually have like a lot of questions about the art world. And this story that I'm uh, bringing you today from Scotland actually proves my point to a a degree. So there's like a, a fine art museum. In uh, or it was like a fine art exhibit at, at a university in Scotland, and one of the students there was looking at all this modern art, and he kind of had the same thoughts that I did. That's like, look, I got to be honest with you, I don't know what's artistic about some of this stuff. So he saw like an open table that had nothing displayed on it yet. So he decided had to do a little experiment, and just as a joke, for some reason he he had like a pineapple, like the fruit. And he placed the pineapple on the display. He left and kind of forgot about it. He returned with some friends a couple days later, and the museum had a custom-fitted glass case placed over top. What? They put it under glass. Yeah, I saw the picture. It's yeah, crazy. they literally put the pineapple under glass. And so, uh, you know, he went on and, and um, you know, this made a lot of news. He told a newspaper that he says, I don't know what it, you know, basically, I don't know what it's supposed to represent. Maybe it decays over time and represents the inevitable breakdown of all of life. Like, you, Ooh, could, you could literally apply good. whatever you want to this pineapple because it's not art. It's just a pineapple. But... I, I thought it was funny because it, disp- it it says something about the the art world, but it also kind of like speaks to something that I've always wanted to do, what? which is I I see like I've I've brought this point up before where it's not only like museums where I just want to walk in and hang some of my own work, which uh, you know I have plenty of. I also have ha- I've always wanted to go into like a Bennigan's or a TGI Fridays where they got the tchotchkes all over the wall. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to hang a picture of myself, black and white, fishing. See how long <laughs> it lasts up there. I want to get a. I want to get rid of a bunch of old sporting goods I have in my garage. Just hang them all over the wall. Just see how how they last there. But I want to take it one step further too. I want to start displaying some of my own goods in grocery stores and Best Buys and see if anyone mistakes them for merchandise and if they do i think i should get the sale <laughs> like i have some inve- i think what this guy is proving to me is that the world you know every store is just a gorilla flea market for my own devices yeah well i was saying you can just have a booth at a flea market if you have things you want to sell i mean yeah you don't have to yeah, but that, bust that, into that requires, a you know, requires me to go to the flea market and, and set up a booth and all that i yes. want to go and set up my rocket roller blades at the end of the aisle at a best buy and you know i want my my own vr headset that i've invented that's like 15 ipads that you put your head into and it costs thirteen thousand dollars i want to put that in a best buy and just and just sit it there. If someone ta- if someone wants to buy it, I'll be waiting for them. I like what this guy is doing because you, you know we're, we're told what's art, what is actual merchandise, what is quote unquote fraud. <laughs> what is actual I- merchandise? You, but you know what though? You know what, Jesse? You're on to something. Like so, I was. I was an art major in high, in college, like illustration okay. and intercultural studies. And in some of our art history classes, at one point, my one of my professors pointed this out. She was like, "Okay, in many like 
sub-Saharan African like countries and tribes, there's no word for art in many Native American uh, uh, communities or, or Native American tongues. There's no word for art. So when you think about when you go into a museum of Native American art, like ancient Native American art, that's a bowl on the wall. It's a spoon, a fork, yeah, a blanket, to it. a teepee. Like there, so you're like, so if you imagine like getting in a time machine and coming into an exhibit, and you're like, hey, why do they have? Why are the bowls on the wall? Like, yeah. what are you doing? You know. So there is this like line in art of like function, context. And aesthetics, like, yeah, why does why is this on the wall? And like African masks, like some of the masks from tribes and stuff like that. Like, no, those were functions. We use this for worship. Yeah. Like, why are you? Why is it on the yeah. wall? Yeah, it's it's like is is the the concept of like art sort of like a, a modern construct, basically. Well, I mean, that yeah. was when when Banksy was coming up. That's kind of how he got known was that he would go into the, like the British Museum and stuff and like hang ridiculous things on the wall with the little white, you know, definition explanation kind of thing yeah. next to it, and, yeah. and you know, and, and see how long it would last, and like it would last several days sometimes. Yeah, like in the British yeah. Museum, like they they didn't even notice. So yeah. <laughs> what is art? Yeah. All right. What do you have, Eddie? Well, um, I just put down the phone. I'm not reading this. We're just going to, I'm going to give you what I got from memory and the rest of it. You're just oh, going to wow. have to comment on Twitter and correct me on, cause I don't have time to read. Um, <clears throat> so John Oliver this week did a kind of a, you know, on his show, he spends about two thirds of the time on a single issue and he talked about net neutrality. And, um, I didn't really understand net neutrality, which is, I guess why he would bring it up on his show yeah. because, you know, he knows that some dumb guys watching in Orlando, but uh, learned a lot about net neutrality and just kind of the overall premise of what the problem is. In case you don't know, the general issue is that uh, if you connect to the Internet, you are connecting through a company and they are trying to make sure. Well, there is the idea of net neutrality is that these companies can't control or throttle any of the information that you get. The example that they brought up on the show is like if uh if you subscribe to Comcast, Comcast couldn't throttle Netflix because Comcast has NBC and you could get net, you know, NBC content. Great. But the Netflix stuff will either look terrible or you'd be denied access to it. You, right. They would remain neutral. The or, internet, Or yeah, you would pay a higher fee. It's, it would be essentially like a, an increased, it would be like a consumer tax, a Netflix tax a, sort of a thing. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And wow. so the, the idea of pure net neutrality is that, and that was just obviously probably the dumber of all examples, but it's the one that like I understood well, was, in this era of consolidation. I mean, think about it. at and is buying direct TV. It's, I mean, a lot of these providers of services like internet connections are right. also creating platforms and, and the idea that they would be able to move your, your, their business toward their own offerings yeah. and away from a competitor. It's actually a major, you know, kind of economic issue. Right. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, a, and a kind of a, a liberty issue because right. I don't, it's not like I care about watching second season of stranger things, but in terms of keeping open access to the flow it, you of don't, information, you don't like the horror direction is going, Yeah, but I do like the horror direction that it's going. <laughs> So um, anyhow, so he kind of talked about this and kind of gave an overview of it. But at the end of the show, he uh, kind of talked about and it was I, I would encourage. 
well, yeah, watch it. It was funny. Um, but he gave a website out that they made that kind of let you that helped navigate the way to give feedback about net, the net neutrality um, conversation that's happening. And part of the joke was that it's so difficult to navigate how to get the feedback. They're trying to intentionally block people. So he created a funny website. Uh, that I don't know that I can say on the show, but it was pretty funny, like website that helped kind of navigate that. Uh, so within like an hour of the show airing, the FCC site went down and they said they crashed the FCC site. What? So, oh, yeah, but it hasn't been back up. Well, it, we're recording the show, whatever today is Tuesday. I just went to it. It's still not up. This is a, the actual FCC's this website. This is the actual saying. FCC site. So you can't go the FCC site that you're supposed to give feedback on John Oliver's segment and basically do what John Oliver asked you to do is still down. They're saying the 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 usage is overwhelming, but there is an organization out there that is like an internet watchdog that is saying that the FCC purposefully took down that what? website immediately oh, no. so that people could not give feedback. So I'm interested to see where this goes and I'm interested That's heartbreaking. It, it is kind of crazy, isn't it? It may just be yeah. the website's genuinely down and they never thought that this little weird corner of their website would get, you know, the millions kind of, traffic, of people. Yeah. And John Oliver's folks have a way of being persuasive. Um, and, and this is in the news now because a, a year ago or so, the previous administration passed protections right. uh, that, that prohibit companies from being able to do this. Right. And this past week, um, President Trump signed an executive order repealing most of those protections. Yeah. Um, and, so, and, and the, yeah, and the, 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 the other issue is like, you know, the protections essentially view internet usage as a utility, as something that is a, an essential thing for people yeah. uh, to have access to, you know, just like other utilities. So what this executive order presumes is that the the in effect that the internet isn't essential. And there's actually been lawmakers who said, oh, people can live without the internet. But it, it goes to show how out of touch some lawmakers are that support uh, this uh, legislation, because obviously anyone who lives in the modern era and it's probably in, downloaded this podcast probably relies pretty heavily uh, on the internet and to have like arbitrary yeah. cost added for uh, services like podcasts could be a major barrier right. to not just like getting the entertainment you want, but it, depending on what you do for a living, it could also <laughs> make that a lot more difficult. Oh man, yeah. I could not do my work at IJM without the internet. Like when it goes down, we all just stop because it's all we're connected all over the globe via the internet to do what we do. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was very interesting. Well, what do you have, prop? Well, first of all, I thought all the slices were supposed to be funny. That's like not funny. That's I know. Every once in a while, I bring one. Well, that's, that's why funny. we're sandwiching it in the middle, so yeah. we can end on okay. a high note, like a smile. Good, good. Yeah. Okay, so um, I remember uh, a, a few weeks back, I think it was one of my first ones, they were talking about coffee shops that, um, they, you guys were talking about coffee shops that uh, offered spaces to take naps. Um, That's right. Yep. Which I still think is brilliant. I still yeah. believe that naps are wasted on uh, kindergartners, that yes. college they, They're wasted have. on the only portion of the population that doesn't want them. No kindergartner wants to take a <laughs> yeah. nap. Yeah. But you know who wants to take naps? Parents. Um, me right now i would i could fall asleep right, right now, now. Exactly. yeah let me t let me tell you something if there was a way I, I if there was a way if there was a place i could go to during the day that was like legitimately so that i can 
actually sleep. Not sleep with the fear that my daughter might wake up. Not sleep with the fear that I'm missing an email or somehow or another I'm being like not productive. Cause that's what, that's what goes in the back of my head that I'm like, there's, there's something I should be doing right now, but I'm too exhausted to do it. So I better take a nap so that I can do what I'm supposed to do. But what if the nap was what I was supposed to do? <laughs> what if the nap was the goal? Yeah. Tell Enter me more propaganda. David Lloyd <laughs> clubs. David Lloyd answered this thing. Yes. In the UK called napper size. It is a gym. Follow me. A gym. That is designed for napping because the greatest thing you could do for your body sometimes is not lift a weight, is not run, is not burn calories by action. It's burn calories by sleeping. Prop, you Here's me. the thing. 86% of parents admit to regularly suffering from fatigue, uh, which is alarmingly high. When you consider the important role of getting a good night's sleep and your overall mental and physical well-being. We have a rule in our house. This is this is like for real, for real. I have a rule in my house when we travel or when I travel for work. Because I used to try to come home and be a Superman, take the red eye flight home, get there as soon as possible, take my kids out to like the park, uh, go to dinner with my wife. And I would get there and it would be a disaster because I was exhausted. I'm snapping at my daughter over really silly stuff that I don't about me and my wife fight the whole time. And it's because I'm exhausted. So now here's the rule. Take the later flight, go home and take a nap. And my wife will have the children. They're going to go somewhere. They're going to go shop, whatever the case they're going to be. They're not going to be home when I get home so that when they get there, I'm so happy to see them. I'm well rested. We don't fight. It's a great time. I was going to say, you know what? The beauty of calling the, the napping place a gym is like no one's going to get mad at you. Like if you if you told your significant other like, hey, listen, I'm going to the gym. No one's going to get mad at you. Like you're bettering yourself, you know? But if you say, <laughs> if you told him like, hey, listen, I'm going to take a That's nap. That's like, like, this well, is yeah, brilliant. Because this guy's brilliant. He called it a gym because it's a no guilt situation. You know, it's like, hey, what'd you do at lunch today? <laughs> That's oh, I what I love gym. about oh, it. Good for you, man. If you said, hey, what'd you do for lunch today? Oh, I went and took a nap. You're like, you lazy bum. Like that's not socially yeah. acceptable. Who <laughs> no, I went to work out. Yeah. Problem is, you come Where home and you got like a pillow crease down the side of your face, and your hair is all matted to one side, and they're like, "Where'd what you, are you go?" Talking about? Like, I just burnt seventy five <laughs> calories. <laughs> I just burnt seventy five calories. I'm well. I have a better psychology. My mental health, my total well being was much better. I just, I think I did a great thing for our family by going to take a nap at so, the gym. So, do you pay for a membership and go there? Because why? Uh, otherwise, why don't you just get a hotel room? You know, <laughs> yo. Listen, so the genius on the branding is wonderful and the genius on the capitalism is just like, it's off the charts. Yeah, you got to pay for a membership. That's great. I love this guy. I think this is a beautiful idea and a brilliant rebranding of a hotel. <laughs> right, because essentially what this, this guy, guy has created listen, is a, I want this guy to be my business manager. Kind of a hostel. I want to be my business manager. Yeah. More of a hostel, or it's like even yeah. worse. It's like one of those like by the hour hotels. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like, kind of like they did, they have on those Netflix shows. You know, oh, no. my favorite my favorite line in the end of this uh, in the end of this article it says critics, however, have questioned why someone would opt to pay for a cat nap when they could catch these for free at home. Sometimes, sometimes you got to get out of the house. Yeah, exactly. You feel like you're going to do something. Yeah, here's my answer to that. You ain't got kids. Yeah, they don't have kids. Yeah, 
I looked at my Fitbit today. I, my Fitbit today said you are getting an average of two hours less sleep than other people your age. And I'm like, I know, man. I know. <laughs> yeah, I like, know Fitbit. I, I have been tired for a long time. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks bro. Fitbit. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Nerd robot. You know what else I think? <laughs> I also think what oftentimes stops me from napping is I have to walk by the kitchen to get to my bed. And I just look at that pile of dishes and I'm like, somebody has to wash that. Yeah. And then I walk by the, and then I have to walk by the kitchen. Then there's a bathroom and I'm like, God dog, somebody needs to clean that bathroom. And then I have to walk by my daughter's room and I'm like, dang it. She still has clothes on the floor. And then I get to my room and I'm like, Hey, I wonder what movie's on. Yeah. And And now, now the nap's gone. Yeah, you're smoked. Yeah, the nap window, the yeah. nap window closed. Well, that's the beauty of the nap, Jim. You know, the, you know, the, 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 the napping distractions. That's the problem with naps. There's so many distractions. Distractionless napping. Yeah. They have solved the problem that we knew we had. Yeah, which is yeah, exactly. just brilliant. Hey, but before the, we get a slice, can I tell can I tell a really quick story to something please. that happened to me that I've been milling around my, in, in the noodle for the last couple of days. So I went to like my whole family went to bed early the other night. Speaking of naps and going to bed, <laughs> and so I rode my bike to a little neighborhood uh, establishment to, to to eat some pizza and to watch some basketball. I I was I was sitting there and I ended up chatting with some dudes that were sitting there as well watching basketball. And these were like <laughs> these were guys who lived in my neighborhood. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be friends with these guys. Like I can tell. And they were like they were real men. I could tell that too. Like they, they were way more, they were way cooler and more manly than me, you know? So I, so I went there and I met these guys and they were talking about building stuff for their houses and construction. I was acting like I can relate. Like, yeah. oh, I got, I got cool manly stuff to do at my house. I have right. no, nothing manly to do at my house. Like, right. I, I, and, and that's not the gender thing. I would say nothing difficult that involves physical labor. I can't do it. They were talking about their cool projects. I was just lying about cool stuff at my house, you know, just kind of fit in with the guys. Yeah. You're like, I make so, podcasts. <laughs> so I go home. I go home that night, and I'm like thinking about these cool dudes that I met. And I'm like, we're probably gonna be buddies. Probably hanging out pretty soon. And the next day is like neighborhood yard sale day, and I am not participating. I, I, you know, all my tchotchkes are now hanging up at a Bennigan's, and so I, uh, I'm riding out of neighborhood in my car, and I, I'm, I'm not even thinking about the night prior where I met these dudes. And I'm riding through all these garage sales, and right in the middle of one of the yards is a gigantic, I'm talking like six-foot-tall unicycle, right? Oh. A giant unicycle. And I'm like, dude, I've got to own that. It's at the yard sales, probably like $10. I have cash in my pocket right now. So, I mean, how often do you see a, a huge unicycle, you know, just sitting there for So sale. this isn't a penny farthing, like the old timey bikes. This is a straight up one, one wheeled wheel. unicycle. I thought, how cool would it be if I like, if I bought this unicycle, right? This is what I had to play out in my mind. And I would call them and be like, hey, listen, I'm running late. I had to run an errand. And I would practice for a minute down the street. And I'd, be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, hey, babe, come on out and need help with the groceries. And I come riding down the, the, the street. It's your boy on a, on a unicycle. That's how it's playing out in my mind. I'm like, dude, this is going to be awesome. This is going to blow her mind. Get the kids outside. Daddy's coming down the street and looks like, no, my mind is like, I'm going to learn to ride this in like 15 minutes just to get to the end of the street. It's going to be so tight. Like, this is, I can't believe this is happening to me. That's what's playing in my mind. Okay? I'm like, dude, this is like a, a unicycle? Come on, get out of here. I got yeah. on it. So I pull up. So I, so I'm like I'm like all right. And there's I see people kind of milling around like in the driveway section of the house where the unicycle is. And I'm like I'm gonna pull around. It's gonna be a little weird because they saw me dro- creep by real slow checking out that unicycle, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like I gotta pull around. I gotta pull around and get this unicycle. It's gonna be so funny. 
So I pull up in front of the house and I park it like, and I haven't turned my car off yet. And the guy walks around the corner. So like, you know, who's this guy that's been driving around my house, like creeping by looking at the unicycle? He's got kind of a concerned look on his face. It's one of the cool dudes that I met at the bar the night before. Like one of my future manly buddies. Yeah. And he's like looking at me like, huh? I panicked. I panicked because I didn't want him to know I'm a goofy unicycle guy. I thought I thought I I in my mind I was like I'm a cool construction dude. Like I do stuff in my house. Not the kind of guy who buys a unicycle and learns to ride it right there in front of his house. Ask tips from him so I can ride it in front of my house and impress my wife and kids. And I panic and I just gunned it out of there. And he's looking at me and his arms go up like, "What are you doing?" And I hope he didn't recognize me. He definitely recognized me. Now we're not going to be friends anymore. All because of stupid unicycle. Oh man! So you didn't even go to get the. Unicycle. I was like, oh, because you're embarrassed about I was asking. Embarrassed, but now I'm more embarrassed because he knows I wanted the unicycle. <laughs> now, so I've ru- okay, here's the thing. I've ruined the relationship because now I'm still goofy unicycle. He knows why I stopped. It was, on pro- it was prominently displayed in his yard, okay? He knows I stopped for the unicycle. Yeah, I, he Maybe knows it's I stopped his daughter's for the unicycle. unicycle then he or knows that I made eye contact with him, and we had just talked the night before, and for some reason, I panicked and peeled out of there without saying hello to him. And so not only is the relationship with this cool dude messed up, yeah. now the unicycle's gone too. It's all slipped. It was just a terrible chain of events. And I've been replaying <laughs> it in my mind and I deeply regret all of it. Back back to yeah, back, yeah. back to the night before, you, hadn't you already had dinner with your family and then you went to go get no, pizza? But the game's on, so he wants to go get yeah, pizza. You're just gonna get another meal? Yeah. It's yeah, Jesse. I mean, it was a couple hours later, and I knew the next day it was garage sale day, and I probably stumbled on something cool that I needed the extra cars for. <laughs> you got even interesting whole life. <laughs> but I, interesting I've been thinking about that cycle of literally thinking about it for days, and I'm like, the relationship's destroyed at this point. I might as well go knock on the door and get that. I'm, <laughs> I'm really bothered that the thought didn't cross your mind that if the unicycle was in his possession then that oh. mean at some point he bought a unicycle. Uh, he, so he why do you think... Kids. I'm thinking it was one of... Well, again, I, he's probably got a cool unicycle story. It might have been his. Maybe he was in the circus or something. You know, I don't know. He's probably got so, a cool story. But so I, then, I don't know why. I then, never so get weird in social Continue to lie and you was doing yesterday. Jesse, just go on Craigslist, man. I just went on Craigslist and I can go get a unicycle down the street for 15 bucks. 15? I, okay, I'm told. I'm going to get a unicycle and I'm going to learn to ride it. I'm going to ride by his house. Here's what I'm going to do. This is true, real talk. Wait, maybe he'll like still have his and then he'll join you and you have a little I'm unicycle saying. gang. Cameron, you just figure out the solution where I can, min- I can make this whole situation go away. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. All you got to do, I mean, if you already in the business of lying, all you got to do is say, hey, dude, sorry, that was weird yesterday. I was uh, I was on my way to pick up this unicycle because, like, man, <laughs> I was looking for one um, for a number of reasons. Anyway, I got this phone call that I had to really go take care of. That's why I floored it like that. But, like, yo, don't think anything weird, bro. I'm so sorry. I just got so much important stuff I got to do. Now you got a unicycle, buddy, Jesse. I know. Fine. I'm happy yeah, for you. You know, this is all going to work out. I'm going to go on Craigslist, and I'll have part two of this story. You know, I can't I can't let a, a neighborhood relationship I do think like it's it. funny that you were, like, going to try and learn it and then <laughs> impress your kids with it as well, a surprise. I was thinking, look, if someone's <laughs> selling the unicycle, he, the person knows how to ride it. You know, like he could give me a quick little tutorial if I slide him an extra buck or two. You know, like, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, what's, what's the key on this thing? That's true. 
Hey, before we get out of slices, uh, we have some big news. Uh, this this past week, you know, as we told you on the last last episode, and we've been talking about for a couple of weeks, we launched the Relevant Podcast Network. Shauna Nequist podcast, uh, her first episode with Tish Oxenreiter. You heard a little bit of it last week on the show. Uh, it debuted. Um, Our show uh, is great. And uh, debuted at number one in the Christian yeah. uh, category at iTunes and like number 15 overall, wow. top 200 last night. I was checking it. Uh, she's number 15 podcast in the world right now. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and guess what, folks? Propaganda. Propaganda is uh, is the hey. next podcast that we're debuting. Uh, it's the Red Couch Podcast with Propaganda and Alma, and it is debuting next week. Uh, so what we're going to do is uh, I wanted to, I wanted Prop to kind of tell you guys about it uh, today, and then yeah. next week on the podcast we'll play part of their first episode mm-hmm. uh, as well. It's debuting on Wednesday, May seventeenth. Prop, tell us a little a little bit about yeah, the Red yeah. Couch Podcast. Well, first of all, like I'm super excited about it. It's something that's something me and my wife had kind of been thinking about how we were going to really think about like, how we were going to like do more things together. Um, and, uh, and just so you're not like, going to buy unicycles is what you're saying. Yeah. No, <laughs> unicycles. Right. Yeah. So the when man, you guys are yeah, pro, yeah, totally. Dummy teaches them. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, prop. There's not, this isn't about unicycles. Cameron, I thought this was a unicycle thing. Prop, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back on this. I can't, I can't have some unicycle thing branding that. I literally have no idea. Wow. wow. The unicycle podcast. The, the red unicycle. I would totally listen to a unicycle theme podcast. I think you are. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm describing the unicycle right now. It appears to only have one wheel, so I have n- no idea how the heck I'm supposed to ride this thing. But. Series done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we just really wanted to find like when you when you when 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 Cameron approached me first with the idea, I had like the I was I was. F- paralyzed because it was too many options so it's like hey what do you want the podcast to be about they're like oh yeah whatever you want jesse goes like pretty much whatever you want and i was like uh, oh my god right um so it's like too many ideas uh but then i started thinking about like actually jay gibbons was the one that said hey dude you should brand your couch so we were like that's actually not a bad idea so like truthfully every morning my wife and i we sit down uh, every morning that I'm home, at least we sit down and we just kind of like catch up and debrief and just talk about like the world, uh, politics, ratchetness, little bit of everything. Everything gets covered in this conversation. So our thought was like, why don't we, why don't we just like invite everybody else into this conversation? Love it. Like it's you guys just talking about whatever is on like most important to you in that moment. No, yeah. So it's it's talking. We're talking about another things. We tried to break it down into five sections. So we have what yeah. we call hood politics because I have this. I I have this deep belief that you can understand federal and international politics if you just understand gang life. It's really that I've simple. Always said it's that. just gang banging. Yeah. Right. So yes. I can make this make sense to you. Right. Um, Mm. So so we want to like share this like world understanding of geopolitics by just like, yeah, it's just hood, you know. 
Um, wow. We have this other part that we're calling mm-hmm. the Explore tab, which is just us being as ratchet as we actually are because we are from the hood. <laughs> um, and then we have the uh, the resistance section, which has to do with like justice, equality, uh, racial issues, the things that like clearly both of us are passionate about. Um, then we have the Hey, how's your heart section uh, that we're calling Pastor Skip because that's the way Pastor Skip talks. Hey, how's your heart? Um, <laughs> and that has to do with being a couple, sort of our spiritual life, our relational life, what it has to do with having kids and stuff like that, which is like I said, these are the things we talk about in the morning, right? Um, and then lastly, we're having what's called Alma's vocabulary list, which, yeah. you know, now you have a PhD friend and she can blow your mind and you can feel as dumb as I do when I sit next to her talking about things. Yeah, because she's like, yeah, I, I was going to say real quick, talk about your 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 co-host and her wife yeah. because, uh, you know, yeah. Ralph, I love I love hearing your, your take on thing, but but you, you have a brilliant co-host sitting in all. Man, you. so like my wife is, my wife's a first generation a uh, Mexican woman. She's not a, like she's the first in her family to like graduate high school, let alone college, right? All the way to a PhD, and in in educational policy and social context, like she's, I mean, she's written uh, she's written journals that have been read at the Supreme Court. Like she's just a brilliant person, and she's hilarious. And there's so many things that since Spanish is her first language, there's so many just regular like colloquialisms that are like uh just like normal just american sayings that she gets wrong because she because it's because spanish is her first language so to have someone who can drop words like double lapsarianism and vygotsky reports of constructivism but will say things like yeah man i was doing this great thing and then everything went great and then it was all downhill from there and I'm like, wait, everything failed? And she goes, no, 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 it got better. It all went downhill. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, no, that means it got bad. Like everything, she goes, wait, no. It should be easier. No, it got easier because I'm right. going downhill. And I'm like, that actually makes perfect sense, but that's just not how the saying goes. And she's like, no, you're, you're tripping, Jason. And I'm like, no, I'm not tripping. Like I'm trying to tell you that's how the saying goes. That's, that's funny. Because, yeah. So just those funny interactions where I'm talking to someone who's, literally the smartest person for like a 10 mile radius is still wants to like talk to me about like Kardashians. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just the funnest thing. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for this, man. This is going to be great. So we put up a trailer of Shauna show and of prop show uh, at the same time last week. And they were the number one and number two podcasts uh, in the category. Yes. And uh, before they even debuted. So we are, we are excited and uh, and the audience is excited as well. Uh, So again, it debuts uh, Wednesday, May 17th on next week's show. We will play a clip of the debut episode. Man, we're excited. We're excited to do this with you and uh, we can't wait to see what happens. Man, I'm like, excited for the world this is gonna be great yeah yeah hey well uh prop is actually in portland because he's recording uh or he's i'm working on some top secret stuff and he has to bounce we have uh some great uh segments still coming up for you but prop we just prop has to take off so we just want to give you a chance to uh say bye now there you go love you all right see you man okay stay tuned up next kim walker smith joins us I 
You're listening to Logic featuring Alicia Cara and Khalid. The song is 1-800-273-8255. No kidding. It's, it's just a phone number. That's the name of the song. All right. yeah, oh, great new. You. Great new. The first track on Logic's album is uh, like Holy Ghost or Hallelujah. And it's like all this like, we are made in the image of God. Blah, blah, blah. Beep, beep. And oh, then like, it's all this. I was going to play that one because I was like, Hallelujah. Cool. Christian. Right. Nope. I, could, I literally version? was listening. Pulling, I was pulling yeah, yeah. It was a clean version, there, oh, but H. all the beeps. But like, I couldn't find a thirty-second chunk that was, was it it a ton bleeps, of bleeps. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> uh, you know, hallelujah, <laughs> we're made in the image of God. There you go. Uh, well, this week's featured guest is brought to you by Storyworth. Everyone has a family member who tells the best stories, like anecdotes from the childhood or tales passed down from the generations. They're timeless and now they're easier than ever to preserve thanks to StoryWorth. So what StoryWorth does is they safeguard your narrative so that future generations can enjoy them and they bring families together as they get to know each other better. So what you do is you sim- you you purchase a subscription for someone you love and each week StoryWorth will send them an email with a question about their life. So they reply to they reply with their story. So either via phone or email, and then after a year, their stories are bound into a beautiful keepsake book. All the stories are kept private. They're only shared with the family that you choose. That's a great way to bridge geographic distance between families or even just simply learn more about your relatives. And here's the deal. It makes a great gift for Mother's Day or What's Father's Day. Story worth. And oh, so, I've seen this. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. So uh, I'm just calling it now. I'm getting this for dad for Father's Day. You can't claim it. I mean, this is like seriously his love language. This is crazy. Uh, right now, uh, StoryWorth is offering a special offer for relevant podcast listeners. You can get $20 off your StoryWorth subscription just by visiting storyworth.com slash relevant. That's storyworth.com slash relevant. There you go. That's and you can you can send my dad a Father's with, Day present. Yeah. Story worth. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you. Mother, yeah, and Mother's Day, you know, is right here too. So for well, like the last minute, yeah. last minute gifts ideas, <gasps> this is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because if you're listening to this on Friday night, Saturday, the right before Mother's Day, and oh no, I didn't get her something. Boom, go online, storyworth.com/slash/relevant, and just email her. Email yeah, no present. Yeah, she'll be, be, yeah, she'll be happy about yeah, it. Yeah, l- l- seriously, th- th- this is going to be a lot of people that are like, oh, this is the solution. Last minute, go right there. We got you covered. Well, Kim Walker-Smith is a singer and worship leader best known for her powerful vocals and her work with the Jesus Culture Band. Last week, she released her fourth solo album, On My Side, which debuted at number one on Billboard's Christian Music Charts. Uh, last week, Kim came to the Relevant Studio to perform a couple of songs from the album and then also talk about her inspiration for him. Here is Kim Walker-Smith. This song is called On My Side, and this is the the title track of my album. And this song is uh, all about the the season and the journey that I've walked through with the, the Lord the last few years. And the one thing that has resonated through every hardship, every trial, every difficulty is that He is on my side, that He is there with me in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of not being able to feel or see or hear and kind of wondering um, and wrestling through things. And and this song is just all about that, that promise um, of Him being with us, never leaving us, never forsaking us. Thank you. 
in the front lines you fight for me oh your kindness is my shield when the armies rise and i am scared my heart you will defend
That was Kim Walker Smith. Stay tuned up next, David Platt. But just know that I want you back. Mm-hmm. Just know that I want you back. Mm-hmm. Just know that I want you. I'll take the fall and the fault and I'll give you all the love I never gave before I left. Just know that I want you back. Just know that I want you back Just know that I want you I'll take the call and the fault And I'll give you all the love I never gave before I left you You're listening to Heim uh, it's, the song is "Want You Back." Yeah, long, long awaited. They're part of the, they're part of the the, the T Swift squad too. <laughs> Are we sure? Are we sure they're still in good graces? Yeah, I mean right. that's a long I, time I, to I, be I, in T Swift squad. It's true. I, I'll be. I'll say this. I've been trying to break in that squad for years. <laughs> I, I know for a fact. I know for a fact they don't have a unicycle guy. <laughs> they need one. They need, I mean. Every 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 squad has has two dudes that are essential. One is a guy who wears a fedora and a bowling shirt. Right. Okay. Right. He just you know he's the one that if you need something done he'll do it. You know, right. like he's the he's kind of the wild card type of guy. You know, he's you the fall what? guy. Bowling shirt, fedora, and then you got unicycle guy who's just kind of mixing it up and cool to have. So you know what? I, don't know. I'm just I bet I bet unicycle guy also hacky sacks. I bet he can probably juggle on demand. Exactly. I mean, just, he's got he's got like seven fidget spinners that he's always you yeah. know got, got on every finger. It's pretty yeah. pretty pretty cool cat. In other, in other words, pretty cool guy. Um, I'm wondering if when we're up in Billings, we'll have some time on our hands. I wonder if we can pick up a, a unicycle of the Craigslist up there, and just ha- you know you can tinker around with it, kind of get get it, I mean, get sure it going, we time and then go. we can leave it there for for future people to enjoy. We can yeah, leave it know, there at the at the lodge. <laughs> you know, I don't know what their uh, lumber situation, but I'd like to get a little ramp or something. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's up the stakes on this. Up the stakes. And I mark that as well. <laughs> oh, for the memorial? Yeah. yeah. Make sure you Cameron, get that. I need you to create a balance beam over that roaring fire you have. I'm going to inflate the unicycle tire. I'll be back. <laughs> I've been terribly burned. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I literally don't. I don't even like make it uh, six inches on the balance beam until I fall no. immediately into the fire, <laughs> face first. Oh man! <laughs> Dr. David Platt is a pastor, author, and the president of the Southern Baptist Convention's International Mission Board, which was founded more than a hundred years ago to support missions and church planning. We recently talked to David about his new book, Counterculture, and why practices like protecting life, helping refugees, and preaching the Bible are essential even when they aren't always popular. Here is David Platt. I know that you recently updated, um, released an updated version of Counterculture. And for people that may be uh, unfamiliar, uh, can you talk about the overall premise uh, of the book and uh, why it needed an update, uh, you know, considering everything that's going on in culture now? So overall premise of this book is to show, um, this Counterculture book is to show that the gospel of Christ compels us to live with uh, conviction and compassion and courage in the culture 
he's put God has put us in, particularly when it comes to the most pressing social issues around us. When we think about social issues in the world, everything from issues like poverty and sex trafficking and slavery and religious liberty to issues concerning sexuality and marriage. Uh, the Bible speaks to all these issues. And 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 so the whole picture of the, in the book that I'm trying to communicate is, is how the gospel frames and shapes our understanding of this, these issues, but not just our intellectual understanding, but compels us to, to live in a way that shows the compassion, goodness, truth, and love of Christ to people in the culture around us. So that's that's the underlying premise of the book. So I'm writing this book primarily for Christians. I want to I want to encourage, challenge Christians to live uh, faithfully in their re- relationship with Christ in the uh, age and time and place He's put us in. At the same time, I'm hopeful that even non-Christians in, in reading this book might see why Christians who believe the Bible are so passionate about issues like marriage or abortion or poverty or sex trafficking, religious liberty, and hopefully see a compassion that lies behind what the Bible teaches and what what Christians, uh, as a result, believe. One of the big issues culture and the church is is grappling with grappling with right at this moment is the refugee crisis. Uh, what should a Christian's response be when it comes to forming a biblical perspective on how to handle what's going on right now? Well, I'm so thank you for asking that because that when I wrote the revision and just updated this book, uh, that was the chapter that I knew I wanted to include was how. What is a biblical response to the refugee crisis? Because it's it's obviously unprecedented, the number of refugees, almost 60 million people today. I mean, never before in history have so many people been displaced, put in danger, forced from their homes. Obviously, we know the picture in Syria and, and Iraq and different parts of the Middle East, but all around the world. So my concern is if we're not careful, uh, especially in, in this culture in American culture our views even in the church of the refugee crisis can be far more American than they are biblical so our impulse can be first what's best for the preservation of our country instead of first what's best for the accomplishment of the Great Commission the spread of God's grace and love and truth in Christ around the world and and so what I, what I want to encourage and what I try to do in that chapter is uh, encourage Christians to, to not get so caught up in the political punditry and partisan debates. And it's not that politics isn't important. Politics is definitely an important part of any response, even a biblical response to the refugee crisis. And we know Romans 13 teaches that, that God has established government for the uh, protection of people for the protection of its citizens and uh, uh, and governments given by God to promote good, restrain evil. So we need to think about the political ramifications here. But our our first impulse should also be to okay, how do we as the church love our neighbor as ourselves? And increasingly, our neighbors are from other countries, 
and uh, and even refugees fleeing from other countries. So how do we show the love and grace and mercy of Christ that we clearly see all over Scripture from God toward the refugee? How do we show that in our lives through the church right here in our country? And then how do we take it? I mean, take advantage of the opportunities that there are to show God's love and grace and mercy in Christ to people around the world as they're going to places. There are so many people who have not even had access to the good news of God's love in Christ in countries where they lived. And now they've come out from those countries and they have access for the first time to the good news of God's love in Christ. So ah, I pray that we as a church might, might show in the middle of this refugee crisis that good news of hope and love that are in Christ alone. Another one of the issues that, you know, we've seen even since probably the first edition has come out has really um, been in the forefront of uh, not just the news, but what, what's happening in culture is racial tension and racial injustice. What, what, what should the church's response be uh, from that coming from that perspective where you kind of put, you know, the different social and political baggage aside and say, OK, what does the Bible say? What what should Christian's response be to the racial injustice and racial tension we're seeing in America right now. Mm, I'm so glad you asked about that because that's definitely one of the areas where we we updated some in uh, the book because of recent issues over the last couple of years that again are opportunities in a sense. So I want to be careful in the use of that word because I mean these are these tragic things we've seen in our culture and realities that have come to the surface that are not good, that are evil realities when it comes to uh, prejudice and, and uh, social systems that reflect that prejudice. Um, but the opportunity is there for the church. The church has a very countercultural view, in a sense, on on race. I mean, the church, and that's part of what I walk through in that chapter, is that I mean, the, the Bible starts with the foundation that we are all created in the image of God, that we're really of the same race in the sense of the human race, with dignity and, uh, and respect. And so, and as a result of that, we, uh, we then view others in, with a picture of, of, unity and diversity. So yes, we've got diverse backgrounds and experiences, and we don't gloss over those, but there's a fundamental unity that we, we don't start from a position of racial divide. You're this race, I'm this race. Like we're actually a part of the same race. And the whole picture of the gospel is that Christ has come to bring together a people from all the peoples and ethnicities in the world. So what I walk through in that chapter is how the gospel reshapes the fundamental foundations of the conversation about race that lead to fundamental differences in the way we show love and mercy and we we run from all prejudice. And, and what I try to do in the book is try to think through, okay, what does that mean practically in our lives? What does that mean in our families? What does that mean in the church? Because we're intended to be salt and light on this issue. And the opportunity is there for us to be salt and light on this issue if we will take advantage of that opportunity. One of the the things is like the the takeaway. So like once you start kind of like developing this biblical perspective and maybe reframing 
your thoughts about an issue, whether it be uh, race or refugees, not from a political perspective, but one of, you know, that comes from scripture first, what's the next step? Like, what are practical steps in terms of taking action and activism or uh, applying these truths as a Christian in day-to-day life? I'm so glad you asked that. And one, of the, one of the things I try to do in this counterculture book is at the end of every chapter, so just walk through, because how does scripture uh, you know, shape the way we think about abortion, poverty, sex trafficking, orphans and widows, race, religious liberty, sexuality. At the end of each of those chapters, though, there's there's like practical, and, and I try to weave this throughout, just practical examples, but then at the end, just practical steps that affect, okay, how can I, how, how does this affect the way I pray? And and that is maybe a practical step that we all underestimate. It's like, okay, no, but I mean, really, what can I do? And, oh, we have this tendency to underestimate the role that and, and the, the the means that prayer is, the means by which we participate with God and what God's doing around the world. So when it comes to refugees, like we can be a part of what God's doing by interceding for people who are in rafts in the middle of the Aegean Sea right now through our through our, our prayers in our homes. So so to pray, so try to try to help uh, drive people to pray. And then the process of praying always leads to seeing with God's perspective these things that are going around this, in the world that then lead us to, and so we walk through at the end of each chapter, I walk through how to participate, just practical ways that you can begin to address some of these issues right around you and uh, the community where you live and the city where God has put you in. And then in the middle of that, how do you proclaim the truth of the gospel in a, in a compelling way, in a way that that shows and uh, displays the love and the goodness and the grace of Christ. And then the very end of the book, just try to walk through. When it comes down to, if we're not careful, we can be paralyzed. We look at all these social social issues around us, and we can say, well, what can I do about sex trafficking, abortion, poverty, uh, religious liberty and persecution, and on and on, refugee crisis that affects 60 million people. Like, what can I really do? And the challenge at the end of the book is just, ultimately, just do something. Like, act take one step and uh, time and place and particular position God's put you in and see where that leads and this way or that way if we're not careful instead of taking those steps actively we'll passively kind of retreat and say oh well, then I, I can't really I can't do everything so I won't do anything and that misses the whole point of what God has designed for our lives in this culture One of the, I think, maybe for the challenges of a Christian wrestling with a lot of these different issues is inevitably there's going to be times when one Christian reads scripture and applies it in a way and another one reads it and applies it in a different way. And and they, they, they are coming from the same source of truth, but coming to different conclusions. So maybe one says, you know, well, I think, I think, you know, helping widows and orphans involves these government programs, or I think helping them involves these charitable programs. 
you know, there, there are numerous examples of how people could come mm-hmm. to different conclusions. So what does disagreement in the church look like? Because I feel like that's one thing that even with people going to the scriptures and going to the source, that's inevitably going to happen when they're wrestling with nuanced modern issues that aren't direct, maybe directly addressed in scripture uh, in, in the way that it's applicable now. So what, is, what does that disagreement look like in the church? Great question, because that, that's where, and I, and I appreciate even the way you phrased the question, because, I mean, definitely when we're talking about application uh, of the Bible to these issues, there is going to be, there's going to be difference. And what, what's, what's important is, okay, let, we study the scriptures, and, and when it comes to our interpretation, like understanding of what the Bible is saying, like life is valuable dignified men are created by god in this way women created by god in this way so we dive into the scripture we see the truth of what it says and then say okay how do we apply that truth in different ways and that's those are such good conversations for us to be having in the church and uh and so the more we have those conversations in healthy ways where we say yeah i when i think about how to apply that truth in this way this comes to my mind and this comes to someone else's mind and for us to be able to have that kind of dialogue think wisely through those things. And then it becomes a, these are wisdom issues. Okay, how do you best address poverty? Uh, and, and wisdom issues that in an imperfect world of fallen creatures who don't understand everything and are not all wise, then we're gonna have different views on that. And we're gonna at some point agree to disagree on certain things. But the key is we're doing that in the context of trust in the word, not twisting the word to make it kind of say what we want it to say, but trust in God's Word, and then wanting to live faithfully in the world. And I, I think in the end, <clears throat> nothing but good will come from the church having trust in the Word and wanting to faithfully apply it in the world. Even though that looks different in different people's lives, their application of, uh, of truth and how to address these issues, the good thing is we'll find ourselves working together to make the truth of God's word known in the world around us. And we'll have, I hope, a humble sense of, hey, I don't I don't have it all figured out. I don't know how to solve this or that, but a humble trust that God and his sovereign creativity is gonna use his people in this way or that way to address these issues in a way that hopefully will prove to be salt and light in a way that people see our lives and the culture and see the goodness and the glory of God in the process. That was David Platt. Stay tuned. Up next, Kim Walker-Smith joins us again. Listening to Hembry, the song is "Holy Water." See again, I'm, I just look, I just scour iTunes for any sort of <laughs> spiritual or religious references. You know, oh, hallelujah! This one yeah. must be a good one. Oh, holy water. Guess not. No, nope. holy water is about a whole different thing. Uh, Kim Walker Smith, when she was coming through town, <laughs> she was out on uh, the Outcry tour uh, with like Elevation Worship and a bunch of amazing artists. They were coming through. Uh, she said they were about two weeks into the tour. They got a little ways to go. She is. Eight months pregnant? 
with kid number three, maybe seven months pregnant. It was it was remarkable. She's out touring people. Go yeah, support her tour. Hold on. It's crazy. How old pregnant is she? Like seven months. And when are you going to Montana? He li- she told me I said hey, I want to see your husband soon and she goes yeah he, when he asked me he had that look in his eyes of like please 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 I want to go and it's kind of near the delivery date or, or the funny the birthday so and, he's uh, definitely going to have like some it, sort of like but it's like kid number three she's like you've earned it it's fine you know like I got this <laughs> oh, go have fun she, so he's going to call her uh, the second night and be like listen the, the trip's getting cut short canceled evidently <laughs> one of the guys was pretty badly burned uh, <laughs> So we're, we're gonna go ahead and bag this thing because it's not looking good for that guy. So they just they're gonna, you know, the, there's this being investigated. So, It'll be uh, a beautiful tribute for Kim to name her yeah, kid I mean, Jesse. The, the oh, fire marshal's on there, and yeah. there's you know really kind of shut down some of the fun. I mean, yeah. he took a unicycle to and the he's just gotta talk over him because he's not gonna so stop. Anyway, I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his hands didn't even come close to catching him. It was face to fire. It was what, what I, I love, know it was what I love is the thought of, of one of Kim's fans downloading this episode and, and like <laughs> fast forwarding to find her song and then like heard the end of that yeah. right before her song started. Oh, boy, no yeah, idea trips, what this podcast I mean, is. We were about an hour into the trip when he decided decided to build a balance beam over a fire. I've never seen someone. It was like he didn't even have arms. Catch himself. His arms. Remarkably, his hands will be fine. It's his face we're concerned about. It was right in the fire. Right in there. All the weight. All the way to the unicycle. The balance beam fell on him, too. And And then there's an elk. Then this uh, elk yeah. came out so, of nowhere because of the yeah, smell. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it. An elk that I think he took a bite of earlier. <laughs> came and mauled him pretty badly. It's a whole thing. It's a. I mean, they got a game warden and they decided to shut this down this year. Now, this is not the year, guys. Well, that is probably the most unique intro that she's ever had. Here is Kim Walker-Smith. Something I cannot deny Lord, I believe it Living water pouring into my life Oh, I receive it You are moving Overflowing I am changed by a love that will never run dry For all that you are Pull me closer All consuming Running after your heart Take me further You are Moving Over Flowing I am changed by a love That will never run dry
Give me a glimpse, give me a glimpse into eternity was Kim Walker Smith. Stay tuned up next. Your feedback. Listening to Sid, S-Y-D, if you're trying to Google it. Uh, the song is No, like know how to spell Sid. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, before we get going, do we have any corrections and apologies, Eddie? Any live ones? I wouldn't, ever. Y- yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I feel like, sorry to prop a little bit. I mean, you know, there's a lot of his time. I feel like a lot of dumb jokes. <laughs> you know, he had to say like, wow, a bunch of times. So, sorry to prop. <laughs> sorry to prop. Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry, man. Look forward to seeing you next week. Well, last week on the show, we asked you, uh, well, we got talking to uh, comedian John Crest, who is a Christian culture I love savant. That, guy. that was hilarious. What a great show. Oh, he was, he was, he was great. Uh, well, we got talking about uh, growing up in Christian, Christian world and Christian bookstores, and there was always this poster, you know, like to help the parents, you know, buy the right Christian music for their kids. Um, if your kid or if, if, you're, if you like so-and-so secular band, uh, they'll, they'll like so-and-so. Christian band. And so we got talking. These things, these charts probably haven't been updated. The one we found on the internet was like 11, 12 years old. Uh, we thought we need to update the Christian music comparison charts. Um, so we asked you, what Christian artists compare to mainstream artists? And then also, what mainstream artists offer an alternative to Christian bands? Like, if you love Kim Walker Smith, you'll like Adele. That sort of a thing. Um, you guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Here are a few of our favorites. Uh, David said that uh, <laughs> if you like Toby Mac, you'll like Justin Timberlake. If you like David Crowder, you'll like uh, Chris Stapleton. Okay. If you I like that. Like, That's good. Uh, 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 Britt Nicole, you'll like Miley Cyrus. Uh, if you like Katie Hudson, you'll like Katy Perry. If you like Toby Mac, you'll like uh, Justin Timberlake. You'll also like Disappointment. I, uh, <laughs> I saw a number of people, a number of people say, a number of people said, said if you like the secular band um, uh, Switchfoot, You'll like the Christian band, Switchfoot. Right, yeah. <laughs> Didn't. Uh, Corbin said, if you like Kings of Leon, you'll like Need to Breathe. Leon, not Leon. What? Leon. Leon you, the Lion. If you like the Avid Brothers, you may like Me Without You. I don't know, but here's the punchline. If you like Nickelback, you'll surely love the fiery depths of eternal damnation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so Corbin just went for it. <laughs> subtlety. Right there, subtlety. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're a fan of Taylor Swift, we recommend Katie Hudson. Eh, you got a little beef there. She's not in the <laughs> Who said that? You didn't say who said that. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That was Eric, and I just added the beef thing because they really are beefing. I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't even understand. Hey, pretty freaking Katie and, and Tay Tay. <laughs> People are interested. People are interesting on feedback because I I thought it was more like a joke, but then some people really went for it. Yeah. Well, so maybe then, some real recommendations. So help me discover some Christian artists. Well, I mean, Jeremy Richardson, and I'm going to have to flip his backwards, said, if you like Elton John, you'll like Keith Green. If you like Kansas, you'll like Petra. I'm like barely getting any of these references. I mean, I know Elton John. If you like the Carpenters, you'll like second chapter of Axe. Is Mm. that a band? Yeah. If you like Patti LaBelle, you'll like Sandy Patti. Like, I don't, I think that's just a name one. Was he, were these jokes? I think maybe. (laughs) <laughs> Nailed okay, it, Jeremy. I have to read Nailed it, Jeremy. <laughs> to the question okay. that I laughed at pretty hard. This is from Michael Basinger on Twitter. Did you guys see this? No. Okay, he said, um, he, he, Cameron, he was laughing at, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here his, his set of tweets. He, he was laughing at your comment. Uh, we, we talked about Bass Pro Shop last week. And Cameron, you made a comment how, you know, uh, people could just go on vacation there because we were talking about swimming with the bass. Yeah, okay. yes, you know, I like red, prank, redneck vacation. They jumped in the aquarium, and we said, you know, the joke was it could be like SeaWorld where people vacation to Bass Pro Shop. To redneck SeaWorld, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, <laughs> here's Michael's story. He said he spent three days at Bass Pro Shop for their grand opening. Six to eight hours there per day. Parents bought a fishing-themed living room. He actually went on a family vacation to Bass Pro Shop. Uh, three days. He ate multiple. This is his sweets. He ate multiple meals at the restaurants inside the store. <laughs> One of my brothers got a haircut at the barber shop. There. <laughs> I didn't even know they had <laughs> a barber shop. Did I? Ever? Yeah, seriously. They have a barber shop. And how do you spend? Eight times twenty four hours in one store. It's a super. Did, but imagine shop. if your parents pissed at you, like, "Hey, pack up the car, kids. We're going to Bass Pro Shop." <laughs> oh, cool for the after for, for for you know a couple hours this afternoon for three days, entire three days, just wandering the I mean, aisles just of Bass Pro Shop. One day, just one day, and then go see other things in the area. You know, like go. I don't know. Mm. Every everywhere has something go to see. Bass fishing, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you go outside. Don't just wander the halls of Bass Pro Shop. Like I feel like I could cover every inch of the floor in like two yeah. hours if I really wanted to. That's what I'm saying. Like in an eight hour day, you're done. I mean, I think there's nothing more to see. What are you doing when you come back day two? Let alone day three. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. Well, there's uh, a lot more suggestions where that or those came from. Uh, you can check them out on last week's podcast episode page. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, you know, uh, like Weezer told us at the at the top of the show, it's feeling like summer. You love Weezer, Jesse, so much. They got to be on the so cover much. ASAP. I've, hey, I've tried. We Cameron know. Knows. We know. It's well, <laughs> documented. well documented. Well um, documented. So, you know, it's feeling like summer, and, and, and Michael's story got us thinking about uh, vacations and summer vacations. Um, you know, uh, colleges are letting out. Um, kids, kids are getting out of school. Families are, are thinking about where they're going to go. Yeah. Or even if not your family, you're going to go by yourself. Just even if it's down the road to have some pizza yeah, with we, some with stranger. We got to leave the kids and wife behind. Right. right. I got to meet a dude about a unicycle. Right. Right. So it got us thinking about uh, vacation and, and Michael's story uh, definitely made us think about worst vacation stories. Uh, we, so for this week's question of the week, we want to know your worst summer vacation story. Like humorously worse. Not like, oh man, we, right. we, we took a cross country flight and you know, granny died. On there. I, <laughs> right. I'm just saying right now it's all fun and games until right, after Florida, Montana. That was literally the worst. Like a family member died on board. Right. Like, we don't want 
Yeah, no, no, no. We Actually, you know what? I'm fine with this. Bring him on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the more tragic and not funny, the better. Oh my goodness. We'll have Chandler read them slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the ones that are actually truly tragic, Chandler will read. And, and all Chandler the ones that are funny, we'll read. Yeah, but all with right. no up upswing at the end, it's just tough. Just we end it like we'll do ours, and then we end it with Chandler saying the ones that are <laughs> truly tragic, one, and right? then the music will play, and right. the show's over. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. Right. <laughs> oh, Happy Father's mm-hmm. Day. We miss Granny. Yeah, I miss um, you so much. <laughs> Her doctor said she shouldn't have gone and really should have listened. <laughs> uh, well, tell us your stories. You can either tweet us at Relevant Podcast or if you need a little more elbow room for your stories, you can go to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and post in the comments there. Um, I'm assuming you will. I mean, if, you're, if your worst yeah. vacation story ever is under 140 characters, it's not a good story. Yeah. So. No, keep it tidy because runners not reading this. <laughs> Or D or DM them if they're real long to Cam- or to Chandler. He'll read those Chandler, too. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's actually the next podcast after props. It's just Chandler reading some really really, really things, really sad oh, feedback. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that actually would be then, crazy. Then, it, then it's uh, the Unicast. Yeah, I said about all things unicycle. <laughs> got one wheel, and guys, I I have no idea what else. Yeah, <laughs> this is, I mean, I've covered everything. It's got it's a pole with a wheel on it what do you yep. want from <laughs> what else <It's> can- <laughs> one wheel off the rails it's the unicast oh <laughs> uh, so guys um welcome to episode one of the unicast i'm i'm at a loss i have nothing i know nothing about unicycles i don't know why i signed up for this i don't even know who invented it I mean, we can speculate uh, why did they invent it bicycles way better who invented it and why <laughs> <laughs> the terrible invention. It's impossible to balance on it. What kind of sociopath built the unicycle? I hate this podcast. Goodbye. Thanks to our guests for joining us. Kim Walker Smith's new album, On My Side, is out now. Uh, go check it out. And David Platt's new book, Counterculture, Following Christ in an Anti-Christian Age, is also out now. Go check that out as well. Many thanks to our show sponsors for making the episode possible. Remember, uh, to get 30 bucks off your first week of deliveries, visit HelloFresh.com and enter offer code RELEVANT30 when you subscribe and then post on your Instagram stories uh, the process of making food and how good it looks at the end like I do because it is really, it's a treat. It's a treat. I came home last night. There was a new box. I'm excited. I'm going home. I'm going to go home tonight and make some fajitas. Thanks also to StoryWorth. Remember, you can get $20 off your StoryWorth subscription by visiting storyworth.com slash relevant. Makes a great Father's or Mother's Day gift, especially for my father, and he will be getting that. Hey, uh, while you're online doing stuff, uh, head over to iTunes, and if you like the show, leave a review. Maybe don't mention specific plot points from this episode, but if you, yeah. li- if you like what we're doing here, leave us a we review. If you like past episodes, please re- right. leave a review. Because we, uh, we have to make a... They do an audit every year to make sure we belong in the Christianity category, and, <laughs> and we're hoping that's they don't... Why, that's why you talk David Platt on the company y- today. Yeah, that's right. That's why they don't pick this show. <laughs> uh, also, while you're online, uh, head over to relevantmagazine.com and subscribe. You can get the magazine now uh the new issue with maggie rogers is out i think you'll like it a lot uh go check it out relevantmagazine.com on that note but it's weird don't you have to say like we're a part of the relevant podcast network because it's like the main site just became a multi-site you know what i'm saying oh uh, like it's weird that's church lingo that you're talking about yeah but that's what i'm saying is like this is the first podcast but it's still like funny you should say that because uh at the end of the show, they're going to hear something along those lines. So, oh, there'll be like a tag. There's a new tag. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. All, all the shows have the tag, the same tag. Oh, interesting. Like, you know, well, I guess I should delete the one I recorded then, huh? <laughs> it was filthy. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> hey, if it, Eddie, if it makes you feel any better, I recorded one too that was not even listened to before there was dis- before it was thrown in the garbage. Actually, so, it's true. Um, he really did. He wasn't sure if we were able to do the voiceover in time, so yeah. he went ahead and proactively recorded one himself. Oh man, yeah, I thought but, it was. I thought it was good. But it was excellent. You know, it was fine. It would be jarring though if if it might be confusing. Uh, but it would be it w- jarring that at the beginning of the shot and end of the Shauna Nequist podcast, Jesse acting like a real broadcaster comes on. Yeah. You've I'll been let listening. the listeners decide. <laughs> You've been listening to the <laughs> Sean and Nicholas podcast. How now, Brown Cow? How now, Brown Cow? Hold on, hold on. I'll tell you when I'm ready. Uh, okay. Thank you for. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have a voice. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sean and Nequist podcast. How was that? I thought it was great. It was excellent. You're a professional broadcaster. Be sure can't to wait check for out more shows from the relevant podcast network. I can't, I can't wait for the Unipod. I, I can't wait for the Unicast or the Unipod or whatever it's relevant called. RelevantMagazine.com. Tell me one take. <laughs> one take, Carrie. All right, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffelt. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. And for our good friend Propaganda, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Cameron, I need you to create a balance beam over that roaring fire you have. I'm going to inflate the unicycle tire. I'll be back.